All right, guys, what's going on? This is Coach JC, and you are listening or watching the Win All Day podcast show. Man, I'm super excited and stoked right now. As you can see, we have an amazing guest in the house, and we will get to her in just a minute. But before we do go there, if you are a frequent listener of the Win All Day podcast show, then you know we kick every show off with what we call our Win All Day winning confession. If it's your first time, repeat after me. Today is my day. Nothing will get in my way of me being the best version of me. I am here on purpose. I have a purpose. I am strong. I am passionate. I am fearless. I choose faith. I was born a winner. I will win and win all day. Yes, you were born a winner. And listening to this show, our goal is to give you the tools, the tactics, the strategies to empower you, to motivate you, to coach you so that you can be your best, so that you can win the days, so that you can walk out your purpose, your mission, your calling, and ultimately maximize your God-given talents and abilities so that you can fulfill your destiny on this earth. Once again, we are excited you're here. Thank you for watching or listening to the Win All Day podcast show. And I am joined today by our amazing guest. You see her on the screen, the one and only. If you see her name, don't pronounce it wrong because I just got schooled and I got a lesson on it. It is like Hannah, but pronounced and mentioned with a T. So Tana Gertz, welcome to the show. How are you, girlfriend? I am great. Thank you for having me, JC. You're amazing. Now just say your name so everybody hears from you exactly <laughs> how it's supposed to be pronounced. Tana Gertz. <laughs> Tana Gertz. <laughs> I didn't school you. I never school you. You're the teacher. <laughs> Come on, I'm excited. And here's what we're going to do really quick. I'm going to read this amazing bio um, of who I know you as, but at the same time, then I would like to have you and give you the opportunity to just get the, let the listeners and the guests get to know you a little, and you'll be able to tell everybody where you come from, what you're about, um, and then we're going to have an amazing show, Power Packed. Um, so let me just read this bio really quick. You are an American business strategist, international keynote speaker, executive coach, and author with a record of proven results. Many know you as a motivational speaker, life coach, and author. Obviously, you are very famous, actually, in my eyes you are, and in the eyes of many people, for being on the NBC hit show, The Apprentice, with, yes, our president now, our president, Mr. Donald J. Trump. You are involved with his campaign. You're involved with him at the president level. Um, and you are an, an amazing presenter and public speaker, and your most popular presentations are The Art of Being Unforgettable and From the Basement to the White House. How cool is that? So um, without further ado, once again, let me introduce to our amazing guest of the Win All Day podcast show. Remember, it's Miss the one and only superstar, Gertz is in the building. How are you, girlfriend? Oh, thank you. That was so sweet of you. I'm awesome. I'm ready to win all day. I do win all day, so we're a perfect match. <laughs> what you do. And, and, and so before I have you introduce yourself a little, I just want to give the listeners a little insight of how you and me met. Yeah. Um, we came across through the actual campaign when Donald Trump was running for president um, in 2016. And that's how me and you connected. And um, I actually was invited to go and speak and open up for him on the uh, campaign trail in 2016 in Little Rock, Arkansas. And then you blessed me with amazing tickets to get out to Washington, D.C. and attend one of the inaugurational balls, which was a life-altering and life-changing opportunity for me. You know, as you know, and many people know listening, we run an amazing nonprofit called Fit First Responders, Fit for Duty, Fit for Life, where we are responsible for, basically, it's a wellness program. We provide all the tools necessary for our military, our law enforcement, our fire, our medics, over 78 different agencies now throughout our nation. We are blessed to train, and we provide the tools to be their best on the job, Fit for Duty, but also Fit for Life, and that opened up some doors. Me and you started communicating, and um, the, the rest is history. I love what you're doing. Not only are you involved at the White House and in that capacity, but you do amazing work on a level every single day, coaching, mentoring, discipling, and helping in public speaking and, 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 and being an author and, and helping people win in life. And you do it in your own way, but you're doing it. We're, we're in the same space. Right. Exactly. I yeah, I absolutely love what you do. So I want to just 
throw the ball to you right now. I want you to just tell everybody before you were involved with the Lighthouse, before you were involved doing what you do in pub uh, publicly speaking and doing what you do as an author, who were you? Where are you from? What are you about? How did you get to where you are today? That's a great question. Thank you so much for um, letting me share my story. Well, I, you know, it's so interesting. People think that when you have notoriety or face or name recognition that you change, and a lot of people do. But my family and the people that know and love me the most, they say, my gosh, Tana, like you're the same little girl that you were, you know, trying to be the teacher in first grade as you are now um, or was in 2016 being a senior advisor for Donald Trump. And, at the, and I thought about it and I was like, you know, you're right. The same values, the same habits, the same um, attributes that made me who I was at a, as a little girl are what helped me succeed in life. And who that is and who I am is I'm a fearless, unstoppable, unique individual who realized really young in, in life that I wanted to tap into what made me different more so than what made me alike other people. And I realized, you know, we're all different in our own unique ways, but people always try to fit in. And I have always been the type of person that I never cared about fitting in. I never needed to be the most popular. I never needed to have um, accolades and recognition and people I never needed notoriety, but it's amazing when you don't need it, God gives it to you because you're authentic. And so I was fearless. I was unstoppable. I was unique. Um, I realized that being unforgettable got me opportunities and I tapped into all of that. And throughout my life, I've had opportunities that I needed to showcase uh, those strengths. And in um, the audition process going on The Apprentice, I needed to show that I was a fearless individual. And showing that showed the producers that I don't care uh, what the contestants would say about me. I don't care what the public would write or tweet about me. So I had the um, emotional intelligence and the stamina to withstand um, and be able to, with, you know, be able to handle the hatred that comes when you become a public figure. And so there's many attributes that I believe attributed to my success. Um, and, and there's been times that I've been knocked down and I'll let you ask the questions, but I love being able to do what you do, JC. And that is to teach others that success is within all of our DNA. We can all win all day long, every day. It doesn't, you don't need to be skinny, beautiful, fit like you or me. Um, you don't need to have money. You don't need to have an amazing support system. We can all win. But a lot of people just need to be trained and taught how to do that. And, and that's where I think we're so much alike, where we have that desire and that passion and, and also that love and um, hope for others to succeed. Because in this world, a lot of people don't clap when you are winning. They're jealous of you and they hate you for that. And I've never been that type of a person. I love to see people win. So that's a little bit about me. Wow. So first of all, you know, I appreciate you sharing that. You said a couple things that I think are important because I know we get emails all the time from this show of people that are, they've lost hope, right? And they're trying to discover that next step in life. They're trying to get hope back and gain hope. And I honestly believe what you just said is crucial that so many times in life, if you could just bring hope to people's life, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're you know, going to a speaking engagement, if you're at the gas station, if you're at a grocery store. And so many times how you show up in life could be the differentiator, not only in you being unforgettable, but also be the differentiator in other people's lives that you interact with. And I, I, want, yeah, I want you to talk about that really quick because you know, I, I think you said something that's key is being unforgettable, being different. You know, I think so many people, they don't accomplish and don't fulfill their goals and their dreams because they're always searching for identity. And you said, listen, I'm going to, have, I have who I was created to be. God made me wonderfully. I'm not going to ever be like Coach JC. I'm never going to be like that girl. And I could waste my entire life trying to be somebody else, trying to take on a false identity, trying to compare myself to everybody. But you know what? What if I was just to show up who I am, imagine the impact and the influence that I can make and you've done it. So talk to that person that's listening right now that says this, I've lost hope and I've been struggling with my identity. I don't have that confidence, that fearless attitude that you have on screen right now. And I'm looking and searching for that X factor, that thing, that differentiator of me. What would you say to that person that's searching right now for that thing that you have? Well, 
I would say authenticity shines. So, you know, you look at certain people and I get this a lot and I'm very blessed to, ha to hear this a lot, but people say, you know, you seem so real, you shine, you have a light in your eye. And that's all, of course, from God. But at the reality of what they're saying is you're authentic, Tana, and it shows. So what I would say to somebody that says, you know, I don't have your gifts and I don't know what my gifts are. I say, get out a legal pad of paper and start writing down. What have people said you're great? at, whether it's you're a great listener, uh, whether it's, you know, you're a great mother, you're kind, you're compassionate, write them all, write them all down. And then out of that list go, you know, which ones do I really get excited about being? Let's say you're a very compassionate person. And when you're at church and you hear somebody's hurting, you're the first one to show up at the hospital. Well, then you're a really compassionate person. You should tap into that part of you that is completely different from me because I am personally not that compassionate of a person uh, because I want to get on with life and I'm blessed to feel good every day that, uh, you know, I expect that. I expect that of my team. I expect that of my spouse. You know, I expect that and that's not good. But so compassion is not one of my strengths. So let's say it's yours. Jot it down, recognize it, acknowledge it, and then go put it into motion momentum is everything. You know how it is, JC. You start going with the business and one win, you go, man, I'm good. And two wins and man, I'm starting to be great. Three, now I'm a winner. Four, I'm unstoppable. Five, I'm a rock star. Boom, 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 boom. So you start building up some momentum to where you can go, wow, you know, wow, I'm associated with being a compassionate person. Hospitals now are asking me if I want to come in and volunteer, you know, an hour of my time. Now I'm being hired by the hospital. Next thing you know, all these opportunities start falling into place because you're living the life you were born to live rather than trying to be like someone else. And, you know, I always say there's no coincidence that out of first a million people applied to be on the show, The Apprentice, that I was on my season. Then 18 of us, I was one of 18 that were the, the top type A driven, ambitious, motivated go-getters in our fields. We go out of the 18 do you think it was a coincidence or do you think it was a God incidence that I ended up being the runner up? I'm just saying, I mean, come on now. And, and I wasn't there for any other reason than to learn from America's business icon. Now I had people that were cast on that show that were looking for commercials, that were looking for uh, business opportunities that wanted to be models and all this and all that. And guess what? Boom, boom, boom. Out they went one, two, three, gone. But me, the, one of the oldest ladies, one of the oldest contestants. I make it all the way to the end? Come on. That's amazing. So let's, let's just talk about that for a second. Like, why did you initially, like you, you said, I want to be on the show. Obviously, it was a goal of yours. What was that mindset? Why did you want to go on that show? Okay, great question. I wanted to go on that show really for two reasons. One, I wanted to learn from America's business icon um, and take everything that I learned from him and put it into my public speaking, uh, um, speaking engagements, my like, speaking topics, titles, and then go spread the message to the world like lessons learned from the boardroom, uh, you know, strategies, uh, tips for success. All that I learned in Donald Trump's boardroom, you know, which was scary, intimidating, uh, unbelievably grueling. I mean, you can't even believe what that experience was like. Like, so I, I wanted to learn from him and then use it in my own arena. That was the first reason. And the second reason was I wanted the money. I wanted the $250,000 job that came with the winning, uh, the winner of that show. So I didn't go to be famous. I didn't go to make more friends to become, you know, be, have a lot of Twitter followers or have the blue check by my name on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I didn't care about that. I wanted to make money either from the job or learn it, and then be able to say, I'm a finalist, or I was the runner-up. Now people will pay me a lot of money to step on their stage because they all wanted to learn, what did I learn from Donald Trump? And it worked. So pause there, because what you just said is absolutely powerful, right? And I coach people on this every single day, and there's people listening right now, they're not getting what they want, because number one, they don't know what they want. Right. But you went in there, and I've had you straight up for a reason, you went in on that show and applied with a specific goal in mind. And some people might look back now and say, wow, was that the right motive? Was it the wrong motive? And everybody wants to judge why everybody does everything. But you knew exactly why you were going to that show. You knew the what, what you wanted. You knew why you were doing it with the desired outcome. And I think that's where people right now listening can take away from that. Not the cool and sexiness that she was on 
an amazing reality, reality television show with the president. But think about what you just said that could change somebody's life. How many people walk around every single day, have no idea what they want, or they have an idea deep down inside, but they're so scared to put it out there because of fear, fear of the unknown, fear of rejection. Tell me at that moment, did you have any fear at all that ever arose? Uh, no, actually, I, I said to my husband, listen, I'm going to apply to be on the show and you know what's going to happen. I'm going to apply. They're going to take me and I'm probably going to win. And he was like, Dang, girl. <laughs> like, that's the woman I married. But no, seriously, I knew I'd apply. I knew they'd take me because I was going to make an amazing video that they were going to be like, who is this chick? Two, I knew I was going to kick everyone's butt because nobody was going to outwork me. And I was there for the right reasons. And I figured if God would bless me, uh, I'd go all the way. And, and three, my desired outcome wasn't like somebody was going to hand me this money. No, I was going to have to earn it. Or if I didn't win, which I didn't, then I was going to go make that money on my own with the knowledge that I got from this man with an 18 week business internship. I mean, come on. And so I did have that goal in mind and I did have an objective. And when everybody was like uh, drinking, you know, after, after we were done with our tasks and sitting around socializing, I was like going to bed because we were getting four hours of sleep and I wasn't there for friends. I wasn't there to socialize and I sure as heck wasn't there for the free bar. Yeah, for real. It's powerful. I mean, right now, if you're listening, I want you to take away from, uh, what she just said that could change your life. Have a desired outcome and don't allow fear to cripple you. The confidence that you're seeing right now from this amazing, beautiful world changer on the screen, um, Tanya is basically telling you, you can have him do anything you want to do. I mean, how many contestants tried out for the show and you became runner up because you do what you wanted? Now, let me ask you this really quick. So, you're, you're on the show. Who won that? Who won that season? Not campus. I never talk about who won it because I don't give people attention uh, <laughs> that were my competitors. And, and you know, it's so funny. And I'll just tell you this story really quickly, JC. So I had this, um, I had this ring made by this lady who does origami and I brought her a hundred dollar bill. And I said, would you do me a favor and make that into a ring? So she made it into a ring. And so when I, this was like the first year on my speaking circuit, I'm Italian. So I talk with my hands a lot, if you haven't already noticed. And so I'd wear the ring on my right hand. And so before I go speak, I was talking to the people and interacting and I, and I saw everybody like, look at my ring. So I'd go out on stage and I would say to an audience of just say average between a thousand to 2000, but let's just say for numbers, 1000. So I'd say, Hey, you know, I'm sure a lot of you notice my ring that I have on. That's a hundred dollar bill. And I'll tell you right now, I'm going to give this ring and I take it off. I'm going to give this ring to anyone in the room that can tell me the name of the person that won my season. And I'm thinking, please, no, I love my ring. I don't want to give it away. So I'm looking at 2,000 eyeballs. And I'm thinking, oh, please, God, I don't want this to be the one audience that gets her name. And, and I'm like, three, two, one. Nobody knows? Okay, great. And I put the ring back on. And I said, now, how many of you knew my name before I came here today, before they promoted that I was going to be your speaker? And, you know, the whole room's hands go up. So I figured half of them are liars. But half of them knew me, but they didn't know the winner. And so then I put the ring back on and that was my shtick for a year on the speaking circuit. But I quit doing it because somebody put out on Google or my Wikipedia page somewhere that, Hey man, if you go to one of Tana's speeches, you'll get a hundred bucks if you say this. So I told that story to some, some very influential people. And they said, man, you're brilliant. You never give recognition or acknowledgement to, to your competitor. And to this day, I've never said her name. Well, and, 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 I, and, and, and I love it. And I asked you that for this reason. And I'm glad you told that story because you talked about being unforgettable and memorable. And right. You could either be unforgettable and memorable or you could be a commodity in, in, in life. And you probably obviously know because she works with Trump as well as Katrina Campins. Yeah. Oh, I love Katrina. I love her. So, yeah, we spent time with her down in Boca Raton years ago when I worked with pro athletes and she was selling houses. And, yes. But she's another one. Right, another another individual you could look at that she didn't win her season of The Apprentice, but she took an opportunity and capitalized on that opportunity and went on to do great things. And I think that's the other reason that I said that because I wanted you to share that story to say I was runner up, I didn't go on and win, but here's what I want you to know: how many people get runner up in life every single day? Oh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. We're 
runners up a lot. I mean, I was runner up on Fear Factor, Reality Stars Fear Factor. Here we go again, second place. Well, you know, I'm like, you know, it wasn't my thing. I guess I wasn't supposed to be that close with Joe Rogan, and, and I wasn't, or whatever. But, well, I was close with him, but I'm not supposed to be that close. I don't know, but the reality is, is how do you handle the defeat? And somewhere in my office, where I have your lovely book that you gave me and personalized, which I love, um, in here is a book from, it's over here somewhere, but um, is a book that the psychologist for The Apprentice, she wrote a book and it talked about um, just the show and behind the scenes and typically what the cast, our personality traits are. And one of the chapters, she highlighted me and she said, Tana was the runner up. But what I loved about Tana was she didn't rest on her laurels that she was the runner up or that she didn't win and like, hey, 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 like let opportunities come to me. I went out and hustled to get the opportunities so that the world never forgot me. And, and I have a, a whole beautiful chapter that she described that Tana never rested on her laurels from the success of that show. Now, let's say somebody watching has never had any success. Well, you surely then don't rest on your laurels and go, why isn't anybody recognizing me? Why isn't anybody giving me a job? Why isn't anyone calling me? You gotta go get it, man. Yeah, it's so powerful. You know, not only your successes, but also a lot of people could get discouraged from what may seem like a failure. I didn't win. I wasn't meant to be. I'm just gonna go back to doing what I was doing before. And you said, hey, I'm gonna go make a name. And I love that story. And that's why I wanted you to share it. I love it. The fact that you stand in front of the audience, they don't even know who won the season. It's right. the same Katrina Campins. And, and now look at you years later, you're working for the president. Right. You're speaking on some of the largest stages in the world and you're making an impact. And if you're listening right now, please, please, please don't allow your past failures, your past mistakes, your past trials, your storms, your obstacles, your adversities to hold you back from being who you are called to be. Those things do not define you. And, and I, I don't want to transition right into that because there was a moment in time where you went through some stuff in life. And, and I don't want you to share that because people see you now and they might say, well, she has so much confidence. She's fearless and she's perfect and she's pretty and all this. But you hit rock bottom and you went through some hell in life. And I want you yeah. to dive into that a little so it can be a little relatable with the audience. But I'd love you to share a little about that story, however much you feel you know, uh, okay sharing. And then how you overcame that and how it propelled you to that next season of life. Absolutely. Well, um, well, you know, the, the woman that you see today was the woman that I've always been. So I've never changed. I was always a confident individual, like I said earlier in the, in the show. Um, but yes, so my deal was I was young and I kind of fell into the idea that, you know, I've always wanted to be married. I always wanted to be a mom. That was my life. I wanted to share my, or that was my, my goal for life. I wanted to share my life with a man and be a mom. That's really my my passion. And so I fell in love early in life, maybe 21 with a man that I knew wasn't right for me. How do you know that people say, and I teach girls and young women, this notice the red flags. If they're going up, run and run fast. But I was, um, I'm an empath. I'm, I'm an empath. Is that the word empath? I want to help people. I want to fix people. I, I, I'm a nurturer. And so he was, he needed fixing up and he needed help. And I thought I felt sorry for him and I knew I should have ran, but I stayed and fast forward four years dating. Then he asked me to marry him. I knew I shouldn't marry him, but I did because I committed to him that, you know, I marry him and here I'm super loyal. And so noticing trends and patterns that I'm too loyal and I don't get out because I don't want to cost my family money. Cause now we have a huge 500 person wedding and the day of my wedding, I'm throwing up. That was a sign and I ignored it. And then we get married and then, um, you know, just a lot happened. But the gist of the story is, you know, he, he abused alcohol and he knew I didn't want him to be a drinker. So then he started popping pills and, and that wasn't acceptable for me, but you know, I was stuck because he got me off course to not finish college. And I was a very bright, gifted woman, brain-wise. And I never finished. And that was my biggest regret because I didn't have any tangible, marketable skills that I could go get a job. Even He never really even wanted me to work, but more than you need to know. Um, so the gist was things started spiraling out of control with his um, drinking and the, the pills and some other horrible situations. And I just started to fear. I had a, an internal 
intuition that was, I'm fearing for me, my children's life, someone's going to die, but I don't know who it is and I'm not willing to take the risk. And I was like, okay, now you're getting a little crazy here. Where's all this coming from? And women tend have a tendency to dismiss and diffuse our emotions and our thoughts and our intuition. And I say, no, no, no. So it was very strong. And I said, I got to go. And I literally left in the middle of the night. I believe I escaped because I knew I had to get out of state or I never would get out or get away. And I left with my two babies. I had a one month old baby and a three year old son. And I called my family and I said, I'm coming home if I can. And they said, of course. So they welcomed me home. I moved into my mother and my father's basement of their home with my two babies, left California, went to Park City, Utah with the clothes on my back and one suitcase. And I asked my sister if I could manage her clothing store to get money, to get myself built back up. And I started every day trying to win. One win, I'm with another win. And by the grace of God, um, I never fell into the, the victim mentality. Yes, I didn't sign up for this. No, I didn't want to leave my husband, my, fa- my, my ex-family, my friends, my car, my house that we just built. I didn't want to leave it, but I had to. So instead of being poor little old Tana and being the victim, I said, I got to be the victor. I've got two babies to raise. And, um, and I started working and got my entrepreneurial spirit back, started feeling that momentum, started to see in the wind, started to feeling a little bit better about myself. Fast forward a year and a half, met the man of my dreams. He asked me if me and the children would marry him and move to Iowa. And I'm like, I aware? I'd heard about that state when I had to study the states and, uh, and I rebuilt myself to, uh, this, this woman who was always meant to share her life with a man who loved and adored her and have children who look at me and say, wow, you know, you are a mother of strength who picked herself up with the clothes on her back. And, um, and we're proud of you. And so I am very proud to share that message with audiences because you are never trapped. You are never strapped and you are never, ever not good enough to demand the life that you were, you know, meant to live. And at the minimum, we need to be respected and I needed to respect myself. And, and I'm glad I did because as I mentioned, someone was going to die. Well, it was my ex-husband that ended up dying, not not us. Wow, what a powerful story. I'm so honored and, and, and privileged and blessed that you share that with our audience. And, you know, first of all, thank you. Um, and then number two is this. I mean, if there's listeners listening that are frequent listeners, they're going to see a lot of similarities between you and me. And, and yeah. you know, I don't know how much you know about my story, but number one, we're Italian. So that's, <laughs> the, that's, that's the greatest you could possibly be. You know, if you're not Italian, we still love you. Right. But if you are Italian, you have a little extra love. Yes. But the, the thing, you know, when I was 21 years old, I threw away my basketball opportunity at a Division One university from New Jersey, born and raised, came out here to Tulsa, Oklahoma, with big goals and dreams to play basketball. And, you know, a young girl got pregnant on campus. It was my daughter, and that was frowned upon. So I, they told us, hurry up and got married, get married. I got married. I was divorced in six months, ended up in a custody battle, over $400,000 in debt, suicidal, depressed, oppressed, and the fight of my life to be a dad. And threw away my story. And at, at 21, you know, similar age where you said your kind of whole story yeah. started. But, but here's why I said that and shared that is, you know, I, I have actually a tattoo on my arm and I talk about this. It's a big part of my story is if you could only understand right now, if you're listening to this show, that your greatest pain, no matter what you're facing at the moment, you just heard our friend share it, our guest, you heard me share a little of my story, your greatest pain, if you look for it, can lead to your purpose in life. And I can honestly look at this camera right now and say that you, my friend, you would never, Daniel, you would never be who you are today. You would never be making the impact you're making if you did not go through that lowest point in life. That I believe that. You are today. I believe that as well. And my husband now, Curtis is his name. He, he's been with me, you know, well, we've been married for almost 20 years. So he was with me when I applied to be on the show because I had to ask his blessing. And he's like, of course, where my first husband would have never let me even like leave the, the city to, to ever, you know, go see a, go spend the night with a girlfriend. Um, but Curtis, you know, allowed me to do that, took care of everything. And, and he's been with me through a lot of interviews. And what I found really interesting is he said this maybe 15 
years ago, he said, you know, Tana, what's so interesting to me is everybody wants to interview you and talk about, you know, The Apprentice or talk about all these other unique opportunities that you've presented for yourself. But he says, nobody knows your true strength. And I, I leaned in a little and I said, what do you mean by that? And he goes, your true strength is your story that you left it all. You let, you didn't care about the material things. You left a life of Lear jets, filet mignon, um, wealth, power, beautiful things and left it to, to eat top ramen and to move in your parents' basement. Like that is your strength. That is the most beautiful thing about you. And I thought, nobody's talking to me about that. And then I went, wait, once again, you always got to take responsibility for your life rather than me going, why aren't the interviewers asking me that? It's their fault. It's their fault. And I went, no, it's my fault because I'm not talking about it because I was, I was embarrassed even though I didn't do it and I didn't cause it. I was embarrassed that I made a mistake of choosing a life partner that wasn't good for me because I knew it. And so he says, that's your true strength. And when I started sharing that message and helping other people, men and women that are down in the gutter to build themselves back up and reinvent themselves at any age, that's when the, the true blessings started to come my way and other people's way. Man, so powerful, Tanya. So powerful. I mean, this is, you're going to love this. I mean, I, there was a time when obviously I, my goal and my story was to play basketball. It was to help my mom. We lived, we, we grew up very extremely, extremely poor. My dad was alcoholic, drug addict. And my goal was to rescue my sister and my mom from the poverty stricken life. And when I got this young girl pregnant, threw away my story because I wasn't allowed to play basketball. And I lived after that with tremendous guilt, tremendous shame. Sure. And, and we all do. Like you said, you know, I was embarrassed. I, I said, I'll never go through a divorce. I, I, now I was all, everybody knew me as the basketball guy, you know, from New Jersey, scoring a thousand points in high school. And I threw that all away. And that was my identity was caught up in that. And it's funny because very similar to what your husband said, and I'm just being honest and transparent with you. That's one of the reasons I wanted you on the show um, is to share more of you that people don't know. And I think it's so powerful because you could see people sometimes and you have no idea what they went through to become who they are. And I'll never forget the moment when I was, I was younger and I was speaking and I just started my speaking career and I was still fighting to be a dad. And I was down in Dallas and I was at a speaking event and somebody came up to me, uh, actually somebody in the, in the congregation was a church and came up to me after and said, you know, what, what's your, what's your story? Like you didn't share much about where you come from. You have a suit on, you look really muscular. You, you must just have a perfect life. Yeah. And this, this, this gentleman went on to say, Hey, JC, I actually speak. He goes, I just want to encourage you. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know your story, but man, I feel like you, if you shared it, people would accept you more. He goes, right. I, just to, I just want to encourage you. People connect to a story. And I'll never forget flying home on the plane after that. It was a, it was a defining moment in my life, in my speaking career. Just flying home, I said, why are you not sharing your story? This conversation we had with ourselves. And it was the guilt. It was the shame. It was being judged. It was, I don't want to talk about that anymore. It was very painful. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go on and share my story. And once I started sharing my story of how I overcame, got full custody of my daughter, fought to be a dad for over $400,000 out of debt, starting multiple companies, like, this, it's like everything changed. It does. Said, it does. That's what we wanted. We want the raw, real, vulnerable Coach JC because now we can relate. If you went over, if you overcame that, please show me. Right. How you right. Please show right. me because I need that. And I think that's who makes you who you are today, how beautiful you are. And, and, and the compassion, you said earlier, you don't have compassion. But I, I feel like you have such a heart for people. And I feel like, especially women, how many women are stuck in situations? Like you said earlier, they're stuck and they can't get out. I feel like this is just the beginning for you. And you're going to be such a conduit for women to break loose and really be who they were called to be. Well, thank you. And I try and I have been, I've told many women, like, you don't need to settle you. And then they say, I've done, I've had this conversation with many women. And when I paint the picture of what it's going to look like, cause it's not going to be easy. I mean, it's embarrassing. I was 30. I was either, yeah, I was 30 years old when I had to move into my mother and father's basement with two babies, you know, you're supposed to have it figured out. And I was embarrassed. But when I share that story, women say to me, I don't want to eat top ramen. I'd rather have the filet. I'd rather fly in the Learjet and go, wait, you're making a choice. Do you wow. want to be unhappy or do you want to fly in the plane? Do you want to 
have your freedom and be able to lay your head down at night, and not have post-traumatic stress, wondering what's going to happen, if he's going to get in an accident, if there's going to be a suicide, you know, pretend suicide. What, do you want to sleep at night or do you want the lobster? And they look at me and they go, yeah, I want the lobster. And I'm like, oh, no, it breaks my heart because a lot of people say they want to win um, and they want, they want the, the good life. But when you tell them the steps necessary and there's hurdles and, and it's not easy, a lot of people aren't cut out to do it. And, and unfortunately, those aren't the people that I work with. I, when I coach people, I life coach people, I say, here's the deal. I'm tough. I'm very direct. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. If you do it, we're going to, we're going to succeed. Uh, but if you don't, then I can't, I can't keep, I can't play this game because I don't do chaos. I don't do drama. I'm very direct and we're going to get to results. I'm a very result oriented person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, quit the affair today. Call me when you've quit the affair. Never hear from them don't want to work with you. If you're not willing to do the work, you're not, you're not for me. Well, let me ask you this though. Um, Tammy, you, you've eaten lobster since, right? <laughs> yeah, many a times. It's better when you can buy it. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's, you know, I, I, I'll never forget. One of the things I did is I enrolled in a Bible school and I started just, you know, getting the word and I started to realize that, you know, restoration, I look at my life now and I look at, I threw away my basketball opportunity, okay, at that university. When I made a few shifts, and I'm going to talk about the, the two of the shifts that you just mentioned that are game-changing in anybody's life, but when I made a couple shifts, as bad as it seemed, as hard as it was, because you don't know what's on the other side, it's the unknown, and I don't want to go from eating lobster to, to ramen noodle, but if you can honestly come and have faith over fear, faith is knowing that I don't know what the other side looks like, but I believe that God's a God of restoration, and for me, I threw away my basketball opportunity. At that university, three years later, three years later, I became the youngest director of strength and conditioning in the entire Division I collegiate level at that same university. So you look at a story of restoration. That's why I said to you, you, you've eaten lobster since. Look at what God restored. Restoration is not, I'm going to give you back what you lost. That's where people get it twisted. It's uh, You're going to get back what you lost or maybe sacrificed, but you're going to get it running over, multiplied, magnified. Look at the life you have now. You're, oh my married, you're married. I just hear you talk about your husband. Your my husband. Your career is the restoration. My husband's amazing. My children are amazing. My career is amazing. Um, I've worked for every bit of it, and I continue to work for every bit of it. As you know, JC, winning is a, a daily activity. It's a daily habit. Um, but one story I wanted to share really quick because people, I've read, I, I, I can't remember where I read it, but I read it in some um, some faith-based group that I follow on Instagram. And it said, God will put you back together right in front of the people that broke you. And I, I saved that screenshotted that. And I'm like, that's going to be powerful someday. So that was like maybe six years ago. I screenshotted that. I don't know why I saved it. And so, um, as I mentioned, my first husband, Jeff, he passed and I stayed very much in touch with his family because they're great grandparents, they're good grandparents to my children and children didn't sign up for this divorce. So I would never penalize the grandparents. And so anyways, I didn't realize that my ex-in-laws love politics uh, because when I was married to Jeff, we never were involved in politics. And so anyways, they were very excited about me being a senior advisor on the campaign in 2016 and they wanted to go to the inauguration. And I said, well, hello, done. So they flew their Learjet to Iowa to pick up my daughter, my husband, my husband now, and my son. My husband now was like, this is awkward. I'm Tana, I think I'll just fly commercial. I said, hell no, you get on that jet, boy. So he gets on the jet with, my, with the children, with the in-laws, comes to D.C. I set him up with VIP tickets to every event. And I'll never forget, right now I have the shivers, uh, the goosebumps just about to tell you. this. I did too. And so we went to dinner right across the street from the Trump D.C. hotel. And I had this idea, once again, when you have ideas, that's intuition, God nudging. And I thought, oh, you know what I want to do? I want to call the manager of the DC hotel and tell them that I'd like my family to get a VIP tour of the hotel. So I call over and they knew me. Sure. I, I said, oh, by the way, it's 12 of us. 
okay, Tiana, like seriously, I need names, social security numbers for everybody. So I'm like, hey guys, you need your socials. So I give everybody's names and socials. Secret Service clears us. Don't know why we got to get cleared. We're just taking a tour. Doesn't matter. So we go to the hotel and there is a line wrapped around the whole entire hotel. 300 people are outside and I'm thinking, what's going on? Nobody's saying a word. And so I walk up to the front and, and I see somebody that I know and he's like, just one second, Tiana. And at that moment I said, oh my word, I'll bet you anything. I handed my daughter my purse and I go, hold my purse, Trump's coming out. Don't know why, but all of a sudden a red carpet comes down the stairs the doors open. Donald Trump comes out. Now, here's how it goes. It's me, my husband, Tori, Miles, my daughter, and my son, father-in-law, ex-father-in-law, mother-in-law, and siblings, okay? The doors, the red carpet rolls out. The doors open up. Donald Trump is there. Before anything happens, he goes, Tana, come here. And Secret Service is like, no. And he goes, let her through. I come over to him. We hug. Uh, we talk. And, and literally that happens and I walk him to a suburban and he takes off and I looked at my, first my husband had tears in his eyes and he was like, first that happened. My mother-in-law and father-in-law literally were picking their jaws up from the ground. And I remembered that screenshot because my first husband told me I would never amount to anything if I left him. And guess what? All the money in the world, all the millions of dollars in the bank could not have afforded that opportunity that just happened. And my husband was like, I've never didn't know how much he loved you. Like, that was unbelievable. And I went, don't mess with me, sweetheart, because I'll sleep in basements and I'll eat top ramen and I will have that as a trump card. So don't let anybody tell you, you can't win at life. <laughs> Anya, I got goosebumps right now. I want a story of restoration. If you're listening or watching right now, I want you to take that story and let it motivate you, let it inspire you. Whatever you're facing, whatever the obstacle is right now, the adversity, the, the storm, the trial, and take a leap of faith like she did years ago to walk away and go from a life that looked amazing on the outside, but she was dying on the inside, and look at the story of restoration. I believe if you're listening and watching right now, as you take that leap, and I think that's important, you've got to act. We talk about momentum. We talk about winning the day. And, you know, she said something powerful. I got up and I left. You have to initiate. That's what faith is. Faith without works is dead. And when you take that leap of faith and you just smash that fear in your life, I believe that doors are going to open, breakthroughs are going to happen, and you're going to have a story just like you heard our friend share, a story of restoration. And also amazing, ridiculous favor on your life. And before we move on, two things you said that are just sticking in my mind that I think someone needs to hear today. There's two things you did. You talked about kind of the, the situation looked horrible, but I feel, I remember reading years ago when I was at a low point in a Tony Robbins book, this quote said, the meaning of anything in life only has the meaning you choose to give it. Think about that perspective, your view of a situation, it can shift everything. And I look at you right now as you're sharing, and that came to me in how you had this horrible, horrific situation going on, but you chose to give it a different meaning. You said, well, everything's going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to win through this. And you didn't focus on the problem. You focused on maybe a solution or a desired outcome. And you, you could have got stuck very easily. If oh, I could. I could. Uh, so many women stay in the basement. I have a friend. I, I coached her to leave her abusive husband and she did, but she's still with mom and dad. And it's been eight years. I said one year max, one year. If I'm not on my own with these babies, making enough money to support the three of us, then, then I failed. So my goal in my head was one year and I left. So I left in October. So I made, I did it in 10 months. I had saved enough money and I, my, by the grace of my parents giving me their home, my sister gave me a job. I was able to sock the money away. And then it was like, folks, we're out because I have to start functioning as a successful, a single mom. And I have to teach these children that, Hey, life is tough. You, you have your bumps, you have your family or your support system to be there when you need the padding, come back to the nest, build you up and send you off birdie, go fly. And I needed to, to have my children respect me to go, we did it. Yeah. Like I was, my friend eight years is still at her mom and her dad's. And I'm thinking, girl, 
you haven't, you haven't done the next step. You're not winning because you settled for them to support you. And, and so there's a disconnect with what do you want? How far are you willing to go? And, um, and to me, I wanted to be independent of everyone. And when I was independent of everyone but the children that I chose to have, that's when um, God sent me this angel, this my savior, my husband. It was like, I'm going to take care of you all. And I was like, oh, I trust that you will because I know what it's like, you know, to be loved. And, and I thought, you know, I thought the first time I did, but this was a different kind of love. And to have a man who's God-fearing, who wants to protect us and takes care of us emotionally and physically and, you know, spiritually, everything. Um, I've won. I've won at life. And, and it would have never happened if I didn't have the guts to say, I deserve better. I know my life was meant for more than to be controlled, manipulated, and to have a lid put on me. Nobody puts a lid on Tanagertz. No, nobody. And I had that lid on for a while. And man, when that pot, that lid came off, the pot boiled over. (laughs) Come on. Well, and the the other thing, so perspective, you said earlier, you could have chose to play victim. And a lot of people do choose to play victim. But again, the meaning of anything in life only has a meaning you choose to give it. You said one year, I'm going to be out of here. I'm going to be independent. How many people... They feel sorry for themselves. They play victim. They don't take responsibility. You could have blamed your ex-husband for everything. No, you said, here's the meaning that I'm going to assign to this situation. That's so powerful. If you're listening right now, no matter what you're facing, just shift the perspective on how you're seeing it. Give it a different meaning. Take the leap of faith. And then you said something else about the power of choice. You know, every single day we get to choose our choices, right? The choices that we make, wherever we're at today, we're on this podcast today because of the choices we made yesterday. We're going to be where we are tomorrow because of the choices we make right now and today. And the power of choice, you made some specific strategic choices that radically, decisions, right? Right. Every single day we're faced with decisions, right or wrong. And you made, and you talked about choices earlier that, you know, your perspective and choices can lead you to stack wins. And you said, basically, I just chose. I made a choice every day that I'm just going to win a little that day. I didn't feel like it. Man, life sucked at the moment. I was all of a sudden a single mom. I have these kids. I'm worrying. There's fear. There's all these emotions going on. Oh, my gosh. Yes. What do you say? I'm just going to make little small choices every day, and I'm just going to stack a win, stack a win, stack a win. And if you stack enough wins, you'll win the game. Right. And, you know, on that, JC, I want to share it. So choices. So, for example, to be with you today was a choice. So it was a choice that I wanted to be with you. And, and, I, and I want to share now that I have succeeded and, and overcame those obstacles. Now I still make choices. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I choose who I work with. If you don't want to take what I'm going to tell you that I know is proven uh, that works, like my friend, get out of the house, give yourself a year and she's still there eight years. I can't work with you because we're not aligned. Um, it's, I choose who I'm going to spend my time with. I choose who I'm going to spend uh, my work day with. And you were a choice. And I want to share with you why I chose you over some other people that wanted to interview me. And that was because I like you. I like your energy. I like everything about you that I know. And so like mine's, personally, I choose, uh, my decisions are based on who do I feel good around? Who uplifts me? Who fills my bucket? I'm filling people's buckets all day long, but very few people, as you know, fill our bucket. So I thought if I have an extra hour in my day today, I'm going to choose to spend it with JC. Why? Because you're like me in the sense that we're building people up, we're motivating. We're both high energy. We both have, our posts are very similar. It's always about like how you can be better, how you can do more, how you can win, not look at me, uh, you know, drinking or look at me in fancy clothes or look at me, you know, whatever. We're not about that. It's so I want to align myself and choose to align myself with like-minded individuals. And I just wanted to share with you, that's why I uh, carved time out and I was specific about choosing to do this interview with me with you well i'm so grateful i'm honored i appreciate you sharing that much love to you and i feel the same and you know um i think you just said something that's key i mean if you're listening right now who are you aligning with who you're around on a daily basis who you choose to give your energy and time to who you allow to speak into your life your circle of influence your environment 
can make or break you. And I look at you now and I say, you know, and again, you, you, you gave me an opportunity to go out to the inauguration with fit first responders and what we do. It was so fun. We went, we went to the, we went to the armed service. Ball. Yeah. And, and I did that specifically for you, for what you do. I, well, I knew that was the ball that you needed to be at. There were three. And that was the ball. I wanted you and your beautiful wife to go because you do so much. You were worthy of being there. And it was so beautiful to see, you know, see the pictures and see you there. Well, I'm grateful. And, and it just it, the experience to be around real life heroes, you know, right. we talk about athletes. We talk about, you know, actors and actresses. And that's all great. But you want to get in a room where you see people that are amputated from legs and arms from fighting for our great country and the stories and the interaction and the conversations where it's not a job, it's a calling. Like they serve their country, our great country. It'll shift your entire perspective of human beings in our country. It was an amazing opportunity. And I want you to talk about that just for a few moments in regard to, you know, what you're doing now. I mean, people heard earlier, uh, you get to you know, spend time at the White House, you're an advisor, share a little what you're doing right now and, and, and how that's impacting your life and the impact that you guys are making on the, on the campaign now, not only 2016, your involvement, but what you're doing now and what you're doing with, uh, you know, obviously our president. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be able to say that I work for our great president uh, in his reelection campaign. My focus in 2020 has been women, women for Trump. So getting the message out that women do support this great president and this great president does make women a top priority. Ivanka Trump has done so much within the administration to help women, uh, pull women out of poverty. This is a president that cares about Americans. And so I'm blessed that I get to work primarily in Iowa now. In 2016, it was more of a national um, reach, but my focus is to make sure that Iowa uh, stays with the president and gets him reelected. And we did a great job in 2016 of making that happen. And I'm ensuring that we're going to do that again. And so I'm just sharing the message of the, the great results that this president has done with enormous resistance. And, and it's wonderful. Uh, the, the love for Donald Trump is larger than the hatred that people see on TV. And he is amazing. He's changed my life for the better. And anybody who votes for him, I know that he'll change their life for the better. And I'm just honored that I get to be a part of this and make history with him once again, because he's doing everything that he said he would do. And in my um, earlier experience in life, I now, I used to judge men by their words. Now I judge men by their actions. And We've seen that President Trump's actions uh, definitely promises made, promises kept. And so I'm just honored to be able to keep going around and sharing that message of good news and that the best is yet to come. That's so bad. Wait, so I was, I, I know I tuned into CNN and I thought they said uh, women hate Trump. Is that true? <laughs> right. That's the narrative. Women hate Trump and Bernie's going to be our president. Wrong. Well, well I, you know, it's, you know, what's funny about that is, when, you know, so for in 2016, you know, through you, we went out, we, we got hooked up with the campaign managers and I was invited to speak in Little Rock, Arkansas in front of 12,000 people. And it was an amazing experience. It was super, I mean, it was humbling. It was, I'm so grateful for every opportunity I get to stand on stage and impact lives. But Trump, what, there was actually something going on with his plane. He was held up in the previous city oh. and no one knows what to do. So they come to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to open up for him, but there's acts before and they're warming up the audience. Right. They're like, yo, you have to go on. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? I don't go on for another, whatever. It was like 20, 30 minutes. They're like Trump's backed up. Something happened with the plane. You got to stall the audience. And I remember no looking at, I, I looked out of like 12,000 people. All they want to see is Trump. And you're going to let this just Italian guy in a suit walk out there. Like, okay, let the fun begin. So they, they tagged me. And it's funny because now it's all over the internet as Trump's hype man. Oh yeah, I was like, girl, that's funny. <laughs> um, so, so they made all these, you know, videos about it. Because for seriously 20 minutes before I even got to speak, I'm hyping the crowd up and I'm having them chant, make America great. And people are going crazy. I'm losing my voice. And then they keep giving me the eye. Is he here yet? He's not coming. Like, <laughs> you know, like he, it was like 20, 30 minutes late because something happened mechanically with the plane. But I, I share that story because, you know, I know you were labeled Trump's hype woman. I'm labeled Trump's hype man. That's so funny. I still get comments every single week. Some of them are very lovely, and I appreciate those. Some of them are very hateful, and I appreciate those as well. But uh, I said that to because 
I think what you said, you know, is important. So many times we judge a book by its cover. And, and you know, Trump said a lot of things that people might not agree with, but he's, he's doing stuff that is changing our country. And that's not why I bring that up. I bring that up because if you really know who Donald Trump is and you have a conversation with him, I had an interaction with him for a very, very short amount of time. That guy is one of the nicest, genuine guys. He cares about people. Oh, he does. I, I can't, I mean, we don't have enough time for me to give you examples of people that he changed their life. I would put um, a gentleman with special needs and say, you know, you're Strauss's idol. And he'd say, come over here. And he'd take a picture and he'd sign something and love on this man. And, and over here, there was a man who was dying at a terminal illness and he wasn't going to make it to caucus and Donald Trump, you know, breathed hope into him. And, and it was his dying wish to meet Donald Trump. And so I, I let president or Donald Trump at the time know he really wants to meet you. And he's like, well, then let's do it. Set it up. I mean, he, his heart is just so big and he's just, he's so wonderful. He's misrepresented. And uh, unfortunately they hate him because they ain't him. Uh, we know what that's like in a small scale, JC. People want to hate on us sometimes and throw shade our way, but that's just because they look at us as, man, I want their energy and I yeah. want their drive and I want their success record. And you can have it, folks. Just got to work for it. Yeah. And it's one of the things I noticed, not even, I don't know all those stories you're mentioning, but one of the things I noticed, I just watch people. You know, I like to study human nature and human behavior and see how people act. And it was never scripted. But obviously us working with veterans and law enforcement and fire and, and our medics, I watched him as he walked down the hall, never pass one first responder without pausing and saying something, shaking their hand. Not, it wasn't scripted. It wasn't because no. he had to. He genuinely, it didn't, it was, it was, he was 30 minutes late because of mechanical stuff. It didn't matter. The, no. security, the security guard standing there, the police officer right there, he made it a point to stop, make eye contact and say, I'm glad you're here. Shake his hand. To me, that That's was really heartfelt. You know, every um, rally, everywhere we went, every every event that I was with Donald Trump, and there was a lot. He never missed one person. Yeah, Shook his beautiful. hand, thanked him, stopped, took pictures. He's unbelievable. He is so grateful for. He told me that they're the men and women. Um, they're our heroes. They're the heroes. And before President Trump, I never really had the respect or the knowledge that these are our American heroes. As a matter of fact, when I leave um, you today, I am going to deliver um, a Make America Great Again camo hat to a 92-year-old veteran um, who's desperate to have one. And so I'm going to personally deliver that to a veteran on behalf of President Trump um, because he told me, give these hats to anybody that served our country and you thank them for me so uh you're so right it's true it's authentic it's not scripted it's not staged it's not for uh, an optic situation because nobody's seeing it but the people who work for him out of the corner of our eyes and it made me go how often do you do that tana how often do you stop and thank somebody for um for their service and and it's changed me drastically i hear you that's beautiful all right, so a couple more questions for you. I know your time's valuable, and I want to I want to give you an opportunity to share where people can find you and all that fun stuff in your book. But before we go there, this is called the Win All Day Podcast Show. Now, it's not about winning or losing. That's not what it's about. A lot of people get it twisted. It's about you as an individual maximizing your God-given talents and abilities. It's about you being your best every day. It's about you laying your head on the pillow at night and saying, you know what, I was the best version of me. And that's different for everybody. It's all relative. Success is relative. Winning is relative. So I'm not putting pressure on saying either you're losing or you're winning, but you have to do some things to be your best every day. And my perspective is simple. Are you moving the ball physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in your relationships, financially? I think the greatest thing we have is a power of our attention, right? It's one of our greatest assets. And I think most human beings get depressed down and out because they don't have forward momentum. They don't progress in things. They get stale, right? So I want to ask you, right? You're the amazing you. I'm the apprentice, you're working for our president, you're doing amazing things, you're helping people win on a daily basis. Let us in the life of you. What do you do every single day? What's maybe one or two of your rituals, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in your relationships, financially, in business? What are some of your rituals that you say, you know, I do these non-negotiable. These are things that help build the best version of me, Tanya, so that I can give back the best version of me, right, on a daily basis, 
let us in the life a little. Give us some of those things that you might do that make you the best version of you on a daily basis. That's a great question. Uh, nobody's asked me that. So we'll, we'll start with when I wake up. So when I wake up, I do some stretching just to get the body a little loose. Um, I eat well. And I drink well, so meaning I'll drink water, um, make myself a nice smoothie. I eat healthy, so there's no, well, I shouldn't say there's no. There were cookies yesterday <laughs> and a couple of days ago donuts, but I typically eat well. Um, you know, healthy breakfast, three meals a day is very vital to me functioning at my optimum level. Um, I move my body, so I try to exercise every single day at least 30 minutes. So I carve out a little bit of time for me. Um, relationships. I make sure that my son, my daughter, and my husband are happy every single day. And what does that look like? That varies. So yesterday it could be, you know, my son had strep throat, me bringing him over lunch. Today it will be spending, you know, lunch with my daughter. Um, every night it's, I don't like to stay up late, but because my husband gets home late, I stay up an extra half an hour so that he's, he can see me when he gets home. Um, even though I don't want to do it, that's, that's a sacrifice because I want to spend time with them and I want him to come home and see a loving, happy face. So our relationships, my relationships are always good and tight, solid. Um, and financially, I spend less than I make. So I'm very good financially that I do not want to keep up with the Joneses. I've never had that intent. Um, I'm content in what my house is, my car is, the clothes I wear. I don't care about what the makeup is on my face. So I'm not a spender. And therefore, I'm not going into the hole every single day like so many of my female friends. And spiritually, I give thanks to God every single day. If there's a situation like on Sunday with the NASCAR driver, Ryan, that deserved prayers, I send prayers up immediately with my husband. Um, I pray for people every day. I thank God every day. I pray every night. And, um, and really, you know, my, my, I don't really know what else on that list I may have missed, but my way of, um, Fueling up is to protect the energy around me and who gets to zap me. And I've learned um, just over the last two years to not allow anyone to steal or zap me. So if I know initially, which I just learned with the person that I was coaching, she's a drainer, she's toxic, I can't work with her, she's manic, she's stealing from me, and I don't care how much money I'm making, yeah. gotta, gotta let her go. I've learned that my energy is too valuable and is needed for me to function on um, a daily basis that I can't allow people into my circle that, that are stealing from me or draining me. Wow. Love it. There it is. You, you heard it right there. That's how you win all day. The daily rituals of the one and only Tanya Gertz, our amazing guest. Hey, do us a favor. I mean, the audience listening, some of them may be aware of who you are and, and before the show, some of them, this might be their first introduction to who you are and what you're doing and how could they find you? If they say, you know, I want more of her in my life, I want to follow her. Um, obviously, you have a book, you speak, you do coaching, um, you're, you're right now working with the White House and the president, um, but if they just want to maybe follow you on, you know, Twitter or Instagram, yeah, all that'd the be awesome. out there. So my website is Hey Tana, H-E-Y-T-A-N-A, like you'd see me on the street and you go, Hey Tana. So that's the website. Um, Facebook is Tana Gertz, T-A-N-A-G-O-E-R-T-Z. Twitter and Instagram is Hey Tana, H-E-Y-T-A-N-A. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't do a lot on LinkedIn. Um, but really the best way to reach me if you're interested in speaking engagements or coaching is to go to my website, heytana.com. But if you're looking for upbeat, positive, motivational posts, um, though Twitter and Instagram are the ones that I use the most, or you can go to Facebook, but I'd love to connect with any of your audience, any of your listeners, because uh, I think that, you know, we're all better together. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to, I want to do this really quick. I want to give you this opportunity as we close the show and conclude the show. First of all, we are grateful. Uh, number one, your vulnerability, you're being transparent with our audience and I'm humbled. I'm grateful that you took the time to share. Uh, again, you know, I, I didn't have you on the show because of what you're doing right now, but it was more about the story that you've overcome and who you have become and the impact you're making and what a beautiful contribution impact you're making to the world. And, and I'm grateful for that. And I know that our, our listeners are as well and our viewers. And I want to just give you the opportunity. Is there anything else that we didn't get to talk about or anything else that you wanted to say or any last comments or words that you have for the listeners or, or the viewers of the win all day podcast show? 
That's a good question. Um, you know, I just, I think the only thing that I might just add is that, you know, God will show you favor and, and God doesn't create these situations. Like a lot of women that I help say, you know, why would God make this happen? You know, why did he make it that you'd have to move, you know, leave California and, you know, move into your mom and dad's basement. And I don't really think that God makes it happen, but God will pull you through the situations um, and bless you. Uh, having God's favor is really all that I need. You know, when people go, how do you not care about trying yeah. to keep up with the Joneses? I said, you know, I, all I care about is making God happy every day. Oh. If he's happy with me, I'm going to win because he's going to shine his light like he does and, and make my children happy, make my husband happy, bless me. So if you can be content in just knowing that that's really the only, God is the only person that you need to please. Um, that's all that matters because, you know, none of our days are promised. And, you know, when it's time, you want to be able to look at your, your creator and say, I did the best I could do with what I've been given. And, and a lot of people have passed. And when they have that moment, you know, I know that it's, it's going to be tough because they haven't done much and they haven't helped their fellow brother or sister. And, you know, and nobody's really doing that too much anymore. I mean, we are, but there's a lot of other people like us, but you know, if you think about it, the world isn't helping one another. They're like head down and hope that nobody notices them. And so I would say, you know, put your head up, look out and see who can you help today. And then just watch your life uh, be blessed. Wow. Tanya Gertz, you're absolutely amazing. We're so grateful for your time. You know, and I'm going to end it with that because that was a powerful closing statement. And I know when I was going through what I was going through at my lowest point, I was able to overcome. I felt like God gave me a second chance. Yeah. And I surrendered my life to, you know, following, pursuing his calling on my life. And, I, and there's, there's two commandments, the first two. And it just says, the first one says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And the second one says, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Those both aren't always easy to do. We get sidetracked. There's, there's sexy, cool, shiny objects. And sometimes we forget, put God first in your life. And the second one is even more of a challenge. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's people that will do you wrong. There's people that will hurt you. Sometimes it's hard. But I know that if you could just live your life off of those two commandments right there, that you will have a fulfilled life and you'll maximize your time on this earth. So once again, we're so grateful for you. That does conclude our Win All Day podcast show. And we're so grateful for you tuning in today, listening or watching. Until next time, I want to remind you, you were born a winner. So go win and win all day. My friend, you're amazing. <laughs>